What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, healthy and alive. It's apparently COVID's in the news again. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll get to that later on this afternoon. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff about COVID, and I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. It is absolute nonsense, all this stuff that's going on. So we'll get into mm-hmm. a bunch of COVID stuff later today. I want to talk about the NFL as well because of what's going on with uh, with Washington. So we're going to talk about uh, the NFL a little bit today. And I also want to talk about Maxwell, you know, the Epstein fixer. I want to talk about her. They're saying that she might get bail. So I, I want to talk about that. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into all kinds of COVID stuff today and all kinds of nonsense. I, I'm so I'm so sick of this. Like, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm beyond done. But see, that's what it is, right? It's meant to wear you out, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. All right. So Elon Musk, right? He's now worth more than Warren Buffett. That, I didn't yeah. see that one coming. That's huge. Right. When did he I've, when did he I, pass that? He sold all of his assets. I heard he was selling his assets. Well, so he's um, Musk is supposedly actually cash poor. Uh, he has a lot of investments and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think they're basing this off of Tesla's stock and not necessarily Musk himself. Right. So what says he's worth like himself, it says as of Friday, Musk is worth seventy point five billion dollars, which is one billion more than Buffett. Now, see, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that. If you look at Bill Gates, Bill Gates has a net worth of what? Four billion. That's not right. Same thing with George Soros. George Soros has a net worth of nine billion. That's not right. He gives more than that in a year to different causes around the world. Yeah. See, Musk is is one of these guys where his wealth is probably legit. So 70 and a half billion, I would argue that he doesn't have more net worth than the rest of these. The rest of these people like Buffett and Gates and Soros, the three that I just mentioned, they run their money through tax exempt foundations. So they launder it through there. They hide most of their wealth. Right. Right. So we don't really know how much wealth, in other words, they have. Right. Right. So I I would argue that that Musk is okay. if he's 70 and a half billion, then that means that and I don't think he has a tax exempt foundation. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. It's a good question. At least not that I've heard of. But I mean, that's what these other guys do is they they funnel their uh, their wealth through those tax exempt foundations. So if you want to actually if you want to do something to fight back against the uh, the system, per se, if you if you want to fight back against the swamp, then. And I'll say this one thing. You need to look at the connection of the corrupt finance capital, the hardcore, the hardcore left wing. Yeah. In America, because you don't hear too much of this out of the right wing, the hardcore left wing in the U.S. and the tax exempt foundations in conjunction with academia. That's all I'm going to say. So anyone that wants to do their research on that, look there. He does have a foundation. OK. It's a private grant uh, making foundation. He okay. founded it in 2002 with his brother. They are the sole officers, and apparently Musk has donated 200 and some million dollars of stock, mm-hmm. uh, Tesla okay. stock. So, uh, and it obviously that's going to depend on when he donated it. Oh, it was uh, 2006. He donated 1.2 million shares of Tesla stock, which is at the time was worth 254 million, which now obviously it's, it's up 
Uh, this article saying it's up 300% for the year. So obviously that's going to be worth more he now than it was. He is the most valuable car but, company. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's a website. So apparently the foundation works towards things like renewable energy, uh, human space ex- exploration, uh, pediatric research, and science and engineering education, and uh-huh. development of safe artificial intelligence to benefit humanity. Those are the things that his, okay. his foundation supports. Okay. All right. Well, apparently he's not funneling too much of his own wealth through it. So uh, if he's got that kind of uh, net worth about himself, so maybe, yeah. But see, here's the difference between Musk and the rest of these guys. Musk is actually an innovator. He's a builder. He's creating something that's actually trying to move humanity in a in a radically different way than the rest of these guys. So he's actually putting forth viable options to get us to another age of expansion. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of looking over a little bit on the, the sorry, I'm still on the foundation because uh, I'm no, curious. Right. We, we, we see a lot of the the other foundations like uh, with the Gates and, and the Clintons and all them that they use it as a means to launder their, their money, as you were saying. And so far, it looks like he's not, you know, Doctors Without Borders. It's a good organization. He donates to that one. Uh, World Spine Care, Merman School of Gifted Children, you know, those those are the kind of things that he's donated to. And the as far as the budget, as a few years ago, it's not the budget isn't huge. Like there's not a lot of spending and, and uh, revenue being usually, generated. So, yeah, usually when they do that, what they'll do is they, they won't the organizations and foundations like that won't necessarily have a budget. They'll have a very small one to put on like conferences and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But they will put the money through the organization and it'll go directly back out somewhere else. So if they do make a right. donation, it'll go through the organization, but it won't stay in the organization. It'll go through right. and it'll go right back out. But in the case of organizations like the Biden Cancer Research Foundation, that was a little mm, different. Story. Yes. Uh-huh. That, that was uh-huh. a little different story. You know what? We ought to get the, the statistics on that and break it down here in the next day or so, because that was a really interesting thing. They just closed up shop over there, by the way. They took in four point eight million dollars for cancer research. Not a dime of it went to actual cancer research. None of it. Hmm. So I thought he was strong on cancer. Didn't he have a yeah, uh, right? son died of think. cancer? And, uh, yeah, you would think. Uh, they put on uh, they put on conferences. They they had the, the, the head of the, the foundation himself. He took a it was like a quarter million dollar salary the first year and a half a million dollar salary the second and third year. And it was just, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, they, uh, they they closed everything down over there. But nonetheless, usually when you have an organization like the one he has, this legit, they'll funnel money through to actually donate. They'll put it through there. That way they can claim it on the tax at the end of the year as a, as a donation, a charitable donation. Right. So what about him? Is there anything else on him you wanted to talk? No, uh, uh, that, yeah, that okay. was just something that was in the headlines today. He's uh, apparently, uh, you know, more wealthy than uh, Buffett. You know, I actually saw a Tesla today that ran out of juice on the side of the road. It was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, they didn't charge it. They were they were afraid of going to the charging stations because of COVID-19. So Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's, it, you, you see him pull mm-hmm. up to the mm-hmm. to the charging stations by themselves with a mask on. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Wearing gloves, you know, plugging it in and, and hanging out there for 20 minutes. Speaking of wearing masks, Ted Cruz is in a bit of trouble. He, he's in a little bit of trouble. And what do you do now? Uh, well, he was he was on an airplane. Uh, he was taking an American Airlines flight and he was spotted without a mandatory mask on. Oh, no. The humanity. Yeah. He's going to kill a bunch of people. Yeah. 
Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's serious. It's so serious, in fact, that uh, American Airlines has him under investigation right now. Uh, mm. They're saying that they're, mm. they're they're investigating to find out just what exactly happened. He's a Republican, obviously from Texas, right? Now he was a he was aboard a commercial flight on Sunday, looking down at his phone and not wearing a face covering. Mm. And they 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 caught him. They caught him. The the person that was sitting in the seat next to him caught him across the aisle there. They snapped a photo secretly with their with their phone and they posted it to Twitter as soon as they landed. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, the yeah. humanity. He's holding a looks like a uh, Starbucks coffee in his hand. So my speculation is he was probably drinking his coffee and that's why the mask was off. It's kind of difficult to to, you know, but, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Now, it says here this is the quote from the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee worker. Right. Captured today at 1045 a.m., Ted Cruz on a commercial flight refusing to wear a mask. According Hmm. to the American Airlines policy, all customers are required to wear masks while aboard airplanes and at the gate and may Mm -hmm. also deny future travel for customers who refuse to wear a face covering. To help promote safety, Senator Ted Cruz wears a mask when traveling and practices social distancing where possible. A statement was put out by his his office. Consistent with airline policy, he temporarily removes the mask while eating or drinking. It's kind of difficult. Kind of difficult to, yeah. to eat something or to drink something when you got a mask on, unless unless you get one of those special ones. You know, it's got the little sensor on it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you get one yeah. of those. Yeah, the ones that open up so you can, you know, shovel food in. Yeah. So what are you supposed to do? You're not supposed to eat or drink on flights anymore. Is that what it is? Uh, that's that's what I'm speculating. Yeah. So and the thing is, I have to fly ten hours across the Atlantic, and I don't get dinner. I don't get breakfast. I mean, that's the only solution if you're not going to take off the mask, right? If you're not allowed to take off the mask, then yeah, that's that's what you have to do. Which, by the way, do they provide you with uh, a change of masks at all during the flight? Because you should be changing it like three times in that flight. Yeah, right. Well, see, they don't care about all that. Now, see, if you change it, Bruce, see, if you take it off, you're, you're killing people. So you need, you need mm-hmm, to leave it on. Mm-hmm. Right. But Yesterday, you're going to end up killing yourself with the yes well his uh, because of the disease y- yeah. yes okay. yes we we know that see we have common sense mm-hmm. right and these these mm-hmm. idiots mm-hmm. don't so his office released a, in their statement they also said yesterday during his flight he removed his mask to drink his coffee and put it back on afterwards we should all practice common sense measures to slow the spread of the virus come on ted for god's sake common right. sense what are you thinking come on yeah. now yeah for those trying to argue that he was drinking it's not hard to have a mask on and undo one side and take a sip and then put it back on, right? <laughs> this is just ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. So they're saying that he should have taken just the one side off and then held it while he's drinking his coffee and then snapped it back on around his ear. That's that's what they're saying. No. Crazy no. people. Crazy people. No. Keep going, this is, Senator. This is, this is getting absurd. It uh, is absurd. Uh, it is absurd. Yep. Keep going, Senator. All right. Over to the end of the world. Yes. Let's go to the end of the world. Everyone's talking about this is possibly the end times, right? We hear that argument all the time saying, oh, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. it. You know, we've got the we've got the scrolls, the seals, the four horsemen are coming. You're going to hear trumpets. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's coming. You got mm-hmm. locusts and you got plagues and floods. And yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. all here. So is it the end of the world? No. So there's a comet called Neowise and it's an asteroid that's approaching Earth. And it's it's I think it's one of these things that 
that come along just every now and again, right? It just kind of makes it circle through. Yeah. And yeah. it says that this is a sign of the apocalypse. Now, this is put on by a, quote, mm. crackpot YouTube preacher. All right. Yes. A nutty mm. preacher has claimed that the recent sightings of a bright comet in the night sky suggest the apocalypse is upon us. Mm. So he's got he's got 300,000 YouTube subscribers. That comet Neowise, which is currently visible from Earth, is a signal that the huge asteroid due to fly past Earth in September will smash into our planet. This is what those Heaven's Gates mm. people back said back in the 90s. Do you, do you remember reading about the Heaven's Gates cult? They said that there was some kind of... Yeah. Uh, alien sp- sp- uh, spaceship behind the comet and it was mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. like the comet was masking its approach and it was going to come down. So they all drank from the punch bowl and they all died. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. have you seen this? Have you, have you looked over this? What, what do you think of this? It's nonsense. Saying that the apocalypse is upon us. Here's the thing, right? It's a misnomer to say it's the end of the world. Now, I'm assuming because it says preacher that that they're referring to this guy as a Christian, right? And right. the Christian doctrine, when it talks about the quote unquote end of the world or the apocalypse, or the world never ends, right? The Bible says as long as there is, you know, as long as the earth exists, there will be seed time and harvest. In other words, there'll be the seasons and everything. It, life will continue on, right? So the idea that this is the end of the world, no, that's not what the Bible talks about. There, there isn't an end of the world. Um, so uh, it, it's a misnomer. But Saying we're in the middle of the apocalypse? Yeah, there no. So I'm wanting to say it's like Matthew 24 or something like that. Talks about the things that you look for for the buildup before the apocalypse, before the the tribulation and everything, right? Which is a seven year period. So no, this is this is absurd. It's not. We're not here yet. I mean, it's going to get much worse based on the predictions that the Bible talks about. Uh, you know, if you believe in that. Me personally, not to get all theologian and the, you know. I'm I'm pre-trib, so those of you that are Christians and are into this know what I mean. Those that you aren't, it basically means I believe in the rapture before the tribulation. So my belief is, if this were if this were the tribulation, this were the apocalypse, I wouldn't be here. So no, I I don't think it's we're not in the apocalypse. It's too bad, Bruce. I was I was planning my uh, my exit strategy now. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was I was getting myself ready, thinking this is the end, right? I mean, this guy seems legit, right? If you just look at him and you listen to what he says. So well, I mean, the, uh, the, the <laughs> pictures they show of him isn't very flattering, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. not, is it? It's really not. So uh, in his rambling of his eleven minute video he posted on Saturday. Um, Pastor, he's a pastor, you see. Pastor Paul, of what church, of what faith, I'm not sure. Pastor Paul Begley uh, claimed that the asteroid named 2011 ES4 by NASA should be worrying people. NASA's confirmed that ES4 will perform a close flyby on September 1st, but says the space rock will safely pass at a distance of roughly 76,000 miles. That's actually pretty close. That's pretty close. That's that's really close, yeah. That's in between uh, us and the moon. Uh, yes, that's, that's close. There's this, this is what he says. There's this asteroid that's got a lot of people nervous. I, this is the first I've heard about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not nervous, but you know, that's, that's the first I've heard about 76,000 miles though. That's close. That's close. NASA says that a potentially hazardous asteroid is going to skim past uh, way closer to the earth than the moon is. He added that this thing is way too close is doomsday on September 1st. The Indiana native who's known to support his frequent doomsday predictions. So what he's predicted doomsday before. So what he wasn't right then, but he's right now. I, I love how mm-hmm. these these cult leaders are. Uh, mm-hmm. He said the uh, the signs 
of our supposed doom can be found in the stars. He claimed the astronomical events like Neowise and the recent Ring of Fire solar eclipse proved the apocalypse is incoming. What about the comet Neowise? Mm. How wise are you on this one? I'd ask you the same question, sir. Neowise is so bright, they're saying that its nuclei is huge. Uh, there's a lot of signs in the heavens of an impending apocalypse. We've just had a solar mm. eclipse over the Holy Land right over Jerusalem, which was insane. Is that insane? Is, is that something? I mean, so it's believed in in the end times community like this, right? That uh, the signs that you, the Bible talks about signs in the skies, right? And there will be signs in the skies and, and it doesn't really clarify on what it means there, but there's going to be signs in the sky and the heavens, blah, 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 about things in general. I mean, events that happen, like there's signs in the skies before it happens, right? So, I mean, there there is kind of a teaching on that. And they're basically trying to tie all this together and say, you know, it's the apocalypse because we have a comet that we just seen. Look, there's been comets and, and asteroids and stuff that were visible from Earth with the naked eye right before things have happened. Uh, big events have happened in history. Yes, this is true. There have been, uh, you know, but at the same time, there's been a lot that those have happened and there hasn't been a, a big event that, you know, so it, it, it's a matter of, of circumstance in many situations. But honestly, what, what these guys are, are, are seem to be missing uh, as far as these apocalypse teachers is it's all the signs happening at once is when you should be concerned. Wars, rumors of wars, the signs in the heavens, the disease, the uh, famines, you know, all that stuff. When all of that's happening at the same time, then it should be a concern, which we are technically seeing all that at once. But, you know, actually, I'm more I guess I'm more interested in these uh, these other things we talk about, these other phenomenon when we talk about distant galaxies and things of that nature. We get uh, signals and th stuff from them. I'm more mm -hmm. interested by that than I am this. You know, I, I take a liking to this stuff just because I am religious and I've done studies and research in the whole end time stuff and have enjoyed it. So there's an element of that just because of my exposure to it that I enjoy it. But at the same, and, and well, and beliefs and everything. But at the same time, it's so bizarre, frustrating. I don't know what you're going to call it. Uh, having these preachers come out and say these different things like, oh, this is the end. We're, we're there. No, no, stop, stop. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches you to be ready in all seasons, not not panicky and fearing that, oh, this is the end. Um, so I, I, it's frustrating when you see preachers doing this. We are at time this morning, Bruce. So I just want to thank you for sitting down this morning. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.